You're listening to So Organized Style podcast. So Organized Style, spelled with an S, not a Z, is produced by me, Maria Fiaharis, Susan Goodwin, and Anne Wally, the Pattern Whisperer. Erica Bunker has been providing her sewing experience to the sewing community for over 10 years. It's Erica's style that has always taken our design ideas from those that are offered by commercial pattern companies to make styles that reflect who we are. Erica's style and sewing experience offers us a raft of options to make our clothing runway worthy. We've loved following Erica's work for a long time and you'll be able to hear that in this podcast. Let's listen to Erica now. Well, Erica, lovely to see you. Oh well, hello there. <laughs> so exciting. And it think, is. It's very exciting. Oh, look, I was so worried about you last week. We mm. were thinking, oh, my gosh, I hope it's not in a car accident. So we yeah, we had it was. Yeah, we had a storm and the power outage. And so that was the internet and everything. Just everything was out and I hadn't charged my phone. And so I couldn't even use the connection from my telephone. But mm. it's hard because when that when it goes, it's almost like when there's a book called uh, When the Machine Stops. And it's by, it's a very old book done in the 20s. And it's about when everything just doesn't work. And, you know, if your phone's not working, it's a bit of a nightmare. So. <laughs> it really is. And you realize how dependent you are to technology and how, like, cut off you feel from the world. <laughs> yeah. And you can't sew. And that's a sad, oh, sad yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you at now? Because I've, okay, so the background to this question is I've followed you since I started blogging. So we're looking at, what, over 10 years ago now? And, you know, you've gone from strength to strength the whole time. So where do you see yourself now with your, your sewing style? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, Sorry, I dug I in deep straight away. Didn't mean to. You did. You got right in there. <laughs> um, I, I guess, you know, compared to where I started, you know, I just started um, back in 2005, 2006 mm. with the sewing, where it was just a way to almost to uh, as like a personal online journal because I kind of came from like, um, like the old world of like live journal into blogger. And uh, I just started documenting and then, you know, you start connecting with people. Mm. And around the same time I really got into sewing, I discovered pattern review. And so I started yes. sharing, re reading reviews and sharing reviews there at the same time. So it was really connecting and uh, I guess making online sewing friends and seeing what they're sewing and they got to see what you sew and you know it was like learning different techniques and mm. so it started out just like really fun and then all of a sudden um blogging and being an influencer has just taken on a, a whole new life i mean like people come straight out the gate now going into it like i'm going to monetize the situation mm. and i'm i'm going to do it this way and so that was like a whole new thing with having brands uh, reach out to you and different type of opportunities. And a lot of them have been like really great opportunities. Like my um, being involved with like Mood Fabrics uh, gave me the opportunity to sew with probably fabrics that I would have never bought before, especially yes. online. Um, dealing with fabrics that are like really high-end and expensive. Like, like I probably would have never touched certain fabrics because, um, yes. you know, 
based on the price, then connecting with sewing machine dealers, uh, being a brand ambassador. Like, uh, this is my second ambassadorship. Um, I started at first with Bernina and now I, uh, I'm with Babylock. So that's been a great thing. Being able to use very high-end sewing machines, again, that might have been price prohibited from, you know, being able to use yes. a machine like that. Yeah, and yeah. so it's it's been really um, a great experience. Yeah. And look, I remember when the mood sewers started, and you were one of them. And I was just sitting at like all the way over here in Australia. I was clapping. I just thought, yeah, this is so yeah, good. I mean, yeah, that was so good. <laughs> and you know, they're still doing it now. They they've kind of brought the mood sewing network into mood society uh, bloggers, and every everybody is just like one team now. Oh, that's great. It, look, it is. It's, it's really like a project runway, isn't it? But you it, don't have to go it really the is. Yeah. Right. And but then isn't it just a project runway in our room when we're sewing? <laughs> it truly we don't is. need Tim Gum to say, you know, make it work because we're saying in our head, oh my gosh, make this work. Yeah. Right. Pattern Review's been around for so long, but I still go back there to, to I have. Still, I still do too. Yeah. Just to do some research on the pattern, try and yeah. figure out, you know, what didn't work and what I need, you know, where the challenges are going to be for it before I actually jump right. into it. Yeah. I, I still the, use it also. Mm. Look, there's always that thing where they haven't got a pattern piece or, you know, they put the dot in the wrong spot and you're trying to work it out and someone will say, well, the pattern was wrong. And you think, oh, no. okay, great. So it's not me. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's not I'm me. It's you. my hair out. Because <laughs> I think um, even with beginning when you're sewing, you, you assume it is you that's got it wrong. And, right. And if you want to do a complicated pattern, mm. you want to know that they've got that, you know, spot on. We can't afford mm. to waste our time assuming that we've missed a point and we're rereading instructions. Now, speaking of instructions, Erica, do you read the instructions or do you have a different way of sewing? I read the instructions and I see what they suggest doing. And then, you know, I'll either follow them or do some things differently, um, like maybe finish it a different way or maybe like hem it a different way or, or do something else like that. Like um, mm. if it's, um, say, a jacket and they have you doing like, a lot of hand sewing i'll probably bag it and do as much yep. machine sewing as possible i think we've got our successful routine and how you started i used to read word for word and follow and you know when the instructions go up to 45 or something i'm getting tired already it's like reading a novel so i think well skipping from here to there and do all the bits that are the bits i don't like to do and i get right. them over and done with first and then it just feels more enjoyable you know because i've got all the pockets put on and you know those very tech you know once if you leave it in the pile for too long, well, all your details out the door. So I just think right. get the hard stuff done. What's your favorite bit that you get done first? Um, my favorite thing that I get done first, I don't necessarily have um, anything. I kind of just go straight through and I have to make myself do the finishings, like um, the buttons and the buttonholes and the hemming and everything. It's like by the time I get to like the hemming stage, it's like I'm running out of steam and I just mm -hmm. want to get done then. But other than that, though, um, I just, I love the whole process. I hate the cutting, the laying out and the cutting and everything because it's like, like I said, you know, once I make all of those adjustments, I, um, 
I just really want to get to sewing. And then, especially if it's like a big pattern and you have like a million pieces to cut out, like uh, your fashion fabric and then your lining and your interfacings and all of that, it's like, wow, I'm just ready to get into the sewing. <laughs> and that's like the fun part for me. Like the sewing part or getting that yeah, stuff? I love the I love the sewing part. I love planning and then I love sewing mm-hmm. and I hate the cutting. Yeah. And so what kind of a sewer are you? Like do you are we Maria and I have been talking on previous mm-hmm. podcasts and I think I'm a deadline sewer and Maria fills the gaps in her wardrobe. Mm-hmm. What what do you just think? this is what I want to make and I don't care and I'm making it. I, I go back and forth between filling gaps in my wardrobe. I really like to sew those uh, spontaneous projects, but then I know that like, hey, you really need like some black trousers or you really need a white shirt. Mm. And sometimes those projects can feel a little like chores. So I'll probably mm. try to find maybe like some really cute black pants to sew yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe like a white shirt that's a little jazzier than just a regular button front shirt and just something to add a little more pizzazz to it to make it interesting so what's your favorite commercial pattern company uh, well it used to be uh vogue yeah. i've sewn a lot of vogue patterns and lately i've been uh, reaching for like mccall's and simplicity it's yeah. like the designs are extremely contemporary now yes. and they're so chic mm. and it's just that those good everyday pieces that really elevate your wardrobe that you want to throw on instead of like just plain old jeans t-shirts or mm. you know yoga pants <laughs> but you know they're really really good now i agree i just think i've just seen the latest simplicity they've got a nice little top with a high on the neck and then it comes down it's just been yes i saw that what's with that i love it and i can't get it till what seven months time Marie? yes yeah we can't get it here (laughs) and they keep having one sale after the other and i'm thinking i'm not filling up my bag i want what's coming out now Mm. so that's the downside of being on the other side of the world tears at least by the time you get it you'll be going into balls and our colleagues in the northern hemisphere would have already gone through the trials of that particular pattern so we get to learn off them yeah but we still don't get it when you guys get it so like that's a little bit of a bugbear but you know one thing i find myself doing haven't i got something similar Mm. i wonder if i could just tweak that pattern and then just see if i can't just get that look i don't have to have it exactly like the pattern that they've released but I want this high bit here and mm. I want it low here. So I think I have got a pattern that was a, I think, trend patterns. I think trend, TR patterns or something. Mm. And I think they've got a nice little top. I might give that a go because it's triggered my memory that, yes, I, I haven't got the same details as the one in Simplicity, but I have got that neck and I want that neck. It's such a good one. So I might have to have a look through McCall's and see what their new ones are like. So with the the classes that you're now offering on your website, so did you have any um, fears about that or any concerns when you went down that path of offering classes or was that something that you were whole as bolus just going to go down the path and just do? Well, before I went into monetizing um, courses like that, I kind of tested the water out with um, doing tutorials on YouTube and they were very well received and people were like, well, you know, we want more we want uh, more details and everything Mm. and I was like okay and then I'll do like full-on courses and then people get the same professional look and those Mm. it's those little tips and tricks that just really you know you don't get that in every pattern you get you you don't no and so it looks all right but it 
doesn't form properly and there are just those extra things that I don't take too much longer. It's just knowing that you need to do something more to get that really professional look. Right. And um, I was telling someone that back in the day, the old Vogue couture patterns used to have instructions like that. They would have instructions, like if you were making a coat or a tailored jacket, that you would have like all of the pattern pieces for like all of the interfacings and all of these different yes. facings and everything. Right. And I, and I think that that's the problem now that we don't get that professional look is because I, I think most home sewers uh, don't use enough interfacing in a project and, yeah. or, and they don't know where to interface. Yeah. And so it's just little details like that that I like to add when I do like a tutorial course. You know, I think that sewers are visual people, most people that so right are visual so we've all got our bookshelves they're just you know overwhelmed with all these mm. wonderful books that tell us all that and you can't tell me that everyone's opened up those books we know we should have them they're a good reference book but visually we need to see it right it makes more sense if we watch someone only because of the way that we learn and that's why we're attracted to say instagram and and making clothes because we're looking at what we're doing and it's it kind of it's in sync with who we are so you doing those tutorials no wonder it's like a gift it's like you're mm. opening up a book but you're just doing you're showing people how to do it so i can understand right. it would have been just such a needed thing so your what kind of things do you do on your special tutorials that you've got out on your webpage that you've got going to teach people what are your main subjects like i will take a pattern of that that they can just get and they get to compare the way the instructions are written in the pattern and then i'm telling them like okay that's what they're suggesting that you do but here's what you can do to make it look mm -hmm. better and more and get a more professional finish and like i've taught how to um like different pressing techniques and where like again where to interface and um how much interfacing to use like in a tailored jacket i think i use about three types of interfacing in like mm -hmm. one project mm -hmm. and i showed them where to place it and you know and how to create extra things like a backstay and how to um interface like around um a sleeve vent yes and things like that yeah so you're adding more value to that pattern yes. through what it is that you're giving them and it's your experience so that's the value for people mm. right and, and then i like to go back and show them like hey i made this coat maybe like about uh seven or eight years ago and it's mm. been dry cleaned and i'm still wearing it and look how well it's holding up because you have mm. to do all of this to it to get that lasting wear out of it's sustainability i think having those pieces that you love wearing like i i make a lot of things but there are some things that I will try not to overwear because mm -hmm. two years down the track, I'm going to need something and I don't necessarily want to make it for this type of occasion, but I have a right. couple of things where that is for that type of occasion. It's a no brainer and I can pull that out. I don't have to think about it. Mm. It's not right. as exciting as making a deadline, but I don't always want to do that when I'm in the middle of doing other deadline things. So I'm always thinking, I've done that where I wore something seven days straight in a row. I loved this top that I made <laughs> so much. Mm -hmm. And I killed it. I killed it. And I hated it. 
but I, <laughs> I thought I've got to learn. It's like cooking too. I won't make spaghetti bolognese on a Monday every week. I can't do that because if I do that, I will hate Mondays. So <laughs> yes. So it's that whole thing of when you sew. It's nice to have the confidence. So how many jackets do you have, Erica, in that wardrobe? Woo-hoo. Oh, quite a few. I have. They have their own classes. <laughs> quite a never, few. And you never tire of them. Mm. I love making them. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. what colours of the rainbow? What have we got? What kind of pink? I need pink. Well, I'm, I made a, I used to not be a pink kind of girl, but um, lately I've been gravitating to pink and mm. I made like a whole pink suit. So <laughs> I love it. Those were, those are, that's just a beautiful shade of pink. It's so yeah. soft and it looks good with dark colors. If you really want to just balance it out, you can just add it with black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It looks yeah. great. It looks great. So what Thank are your you. other colors? What do you have in there for jacket wise? Um, jackets. Um, Probably what I made while well, I made a red suit. Um, I haven't made uh, a red coat and I would love to make a red coat this mm. season. So that's something on my list that I want to make. And then I want to make something that's just like really just bright and fun. Maybe like um, a fuchsia mm. or uh, a bright yellow coat. Oh, um, yeah. I follow Blair Eady on Atlantic Pacific and she wears the most gorgeous, uh, just rainbow colors. And I'm always inspired by her coat collection. So I'm really looking forward to that this season. So I have all of the basic colors and dress coats. So I'm looking for the brights now. Yes. That's exciting. That's exciting. And they'll stand out for winter because everyone's in right. dark colors during winter. Yeah. Good strategy. Yeah, and you don't have to be dark and dreary. No. No, not at all. Where you're living, what kind of fashion kind of is the norm if you went down the street and you had to do some shopping or you went out at night and you hit the town? What are people wearing? Are they wearing colours or are they just sticking with blacks? Or This is the deep south in the United States, so um, it's very bright here. Like the ladies here, they, they really dress. Everyone is coiffed. And <laughs> okay. Like their women are, they love to be done here. Like it's kind of, it's, I guess, um, like a New Yorker would say it's not as chic as like New York because you still see like a lot of bags matching shoes and things mm-hmm. like that. But, um, brands like, um, they, they love Tory Burch. Tory Burch has always mm-hmm. been very popular here in the South. And so you see like a lot of that. And um, in the summertime, I can't remember the designer. It looks like Gucci. I think it's like the, the Moo label. Um, it's really cute though. And it's fun. And um, the prints look like Gucci prints. So oh, you beautiful. see like a lot of uh, maxi dresses like that in that uh, type of uh, print and colorway rights like that and um just like a lot of in the summertime in the spring um you see like a lot of bright easter colored ginghams mm-hmm. and things like that from even the guys in the gingham shirts like you and you see um oh uh lily pulitzer is uh another one that's uh, yeah, really yeah, popular yeah. here in the summertime that's yeah. a very popular brand here and um so you see like a lot of candy colors like oh, that beautiful beautiful You'd be falling asleep in Melbourne. Sydney's a bit brighter, but Melbourne, everyone's wearing black. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, black is the new black in Melbourne. They're chic and they're chic. It's like, yeah, well, you know, 
and something else, you know, we've seen it. They're just wearing the yeah. same things too because I think they buy five of the same item. Not that I'm putting them down. It's no wonder I turned to sewing because I thought I was going to go crazy. Yes, yeah, and well. you would you would totally fit right in here. <laughs> I better come and visit. The, the, the glasses and, and the bright colours. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good to know because I was just thinking is every... I don't know. I don't know why black is that wonderful as far as, you know, wearing things. I like I like wearing black occasionally. I love black and mm. white together. I just love that. But it doesn't elevate your mood as much as a colour. Right. So would the local people who sew in your area, do they have access to those sorts of prints and colourways when they go fabric shopping? Um, no, honestly, we really don't have a lot of independent fashion fabric stores here. Uh, we have a lot of quilting stores here and mm. heirloom sewing stores. Um, but as far as like fashion sewing goes, we just have a basic Joanne and uh, Hobby Lobby, the local um, mm. big box stores mm. here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh. They need to open up one in their mood, need to open up a branch in your town. It's somewhere here in the South. And um, like uh, Atlanta, Georgia is only like a two hour drive away. And they have like the biggest fabric store called Fine Fabrics. And it's always worth the drive. And the fabrics are so reasonably, reasonably priced. Like you can take $200 in there and you can come out with enough <laughs> fabrics to last you like months. <laughs> <laughs> like oh. you can really enhance your stash like i mean like it's really worth the trip mm. so they have an online shop don't they because i'm sure I've, I've looked on fine fabrics i don't know I, you know i never look on in their online um website because it's like if i'm going i'm just going yeah, that's <laughs> it's right just, it's just worth the drive it's a yeah. road trip it's a, and we're it's off a to good get little road trip, trip. Yeah, right. we, we did a very short um, discussion with Elizabeth of Elizabeth Makes This. Uh, she did an online shopping article and it had lots and lots of different places that you could buy online. And for her, it was the issue around she can't do the travel to the store. So, you know, she's got a growing family. Um, and so she put this up and that's why we did one podcast with her just to let people know. But, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you can... If you can travel two hours and drop two hundred and come back with beautiful fabric, I think it's. I think that's just as much of a great experience as shopping it, online. It really is. Well, that's really exciting. My gosh! Now, what events do you wear your gorgeous wardrobe to? Mm. Where, where are you wearing um, well, your things? Well, most of my clothes are everyday clothes. I love separate. So um, I like to just, if I leave the house, I just get dressed. Uh, I would rather put on a pair of nice pants and a nice shirt instead of just, you know, wearing basic jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. And at least if I'm wearing jeans, I've made them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a nice top on with them. Other than that, like the dressier things, like we have like a nice nightlife here. You know, we have, um, this is a food city. And so there are like a lot of beautiful, great restaurants here. Mm. Like you can sit outside and eat uh, rooftop bars and things like that. And it's just um, really trendy areas that you can just mm. go to where other people are dressed nice and you can look at other people and be seen and everything. So it just makes getting dressed just a nice experience. Mm. Oh. And you've got a choice, so because you look very glamorous in those Instagram photos, and I think, oh, I wonder where she's going today, you know? Because <laughs> when you do the evening wear, oh, just gorgeous, beautiful. It's just fun, just to be out and, like I said, see to see and be seen. 
So, so what happens when you're at these functions? Like these people who are with you at the function that don't know you, mm-hmm. they've bought all their clothes. Do you see, does your husband notice the women looking to see maybe there's a brand that you have on or has, have you ever noticed that when you're out? Well, I get asked and I get complimented and, you know, people will say, well, where'd you get that from? And I'm like, well, I made it. <laughs> and they're like, what? Are you kidding me? You yeah. made it and you sold? <laughs> I can't believe it. I didn't know people could make clothes like that at home. And, you mm-hmm. know, you get that whole type of thing. That's awesome. And that's what it's all about because then what's happened is they've realized that there's more to you than just going in a shop and buying a dress, that you've right. worked out the fabric, you've worked out the fit. It just shows that there's a whole dimension to you. Right. And you might get new friends who might say, oh, Erica, <laughs> I, need to, I need to learn how to sew just like that. So, yeah, well, I can help you. Here's my card and you can book in and I don't have to spend the time one-on-one. You can learn yourself at your own pace. So it's right. perfect. It's a good and, setup. And so do you, it get is. Your, do you get your ideas when you're out, like how to tweak your patterns when you're looking at these people that are all dressed up? I I do. I I look at what people are wearing and um, I do internet searches and I love going in stores and just like turning like a really expensive garment inside out and looking Mm -hmm. at the finishing details. That's like one of my favorite things to do. (laughs) Are you surprised at the lack of detail on the inside or are you impressed? Some of them, but um, a few years ago, there was a show here on Sundance television channel um, by... um, fashion editor Joe Z, it was called All on the Line, mm-hmm. where he worked with designers helping them um, create labels and getting a label off the ground, or maybe like the label was failing, he would come in and like reevaluate it and assess it and see what, you know, you can do. And like um, people, you know, most designers is like, okay, well, I want my um, clothes to be at Neiman Marcus, or I want to sell at Bergdorf Goodman. Mm-hmm. And he would tell them, well, this is what you need to do to um, create a price point at, at a certain level. Like, um, or if you wanted to keep your price point low enough mm-hmm. that, well, you would have to like take out like princess seams and add darts or not use maybe like the glass or the bone buttons and use plastic buttons. Mm-hmm. And it was just like different details like that create different price points. And like, and say you go into a store and you see like a Stella McCartney suit and it's like $2,000. Okay. And then you see a Stella McCartney t-shirt and it's $295. And the reason for that is even though that shirt is probably only worth 20 bucks that it has to um since it's in her under her label it Mm. has to stay at a certain price point to attract her customers and that's why things cost what they cost oh okay because you can't have like a $20 Stella McCartney t-shirt hanging next to a $2,000 Stella McCartney suit Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the Stella McCartney customer may just want a T-shirt, and they're they're not going to necessarily want that twenty dollar T-shirt. Yeah. They it makes it more appealing to them if it's more expensive. Mm. Yeah. So another question: you you liked Vogue? You're into McCall's and simplicity. So let's talk about the fabric then. What type of fabric makes your heart beat? I love. Um, stretch crepes and they can be wool crepe they can even be a polyester crepe a rayon or a viscose crepe i just love the texture 
Mm. And as long as it has that stretch, I think that's like my cheap fabric, especially if we're making pans, you get that comfort. Mm. And that's, that's my favorite one. I'm always looking for good stretch crepes. Mm. And plus you can also manipulate the fabric around curves a lot easier. If it, you if can, you have I mean, it's, yeah. it's a Kirby girls best fabric. <laughs> mm. I understand. <laughs> What's your favorite indie pattern? I don't necessarily have a favorite indie pattern. I'm, I'm looking at a lot of them. Like, I, I think um, everyone knows I love the Closet Case uh, Ginger Jeans. They're mm. my absolute favorites. And um, now that I've done all of the adjustments and everything, and <laughs> like, I'll probably never go to another pair of yeah. uh, another jean pattern. Mm. Uh, that's my favorite. But usually um, the ones that catch my eye a lot are the ones that are unique and you know they they have to have something different that I can't just like go to a Joanne or a Hobby Lobby and spend like two dollars and grab a, a sale pattern or mm. you know because of the of the price though it's like I'll pay the price if it's something like that's mm. just fantastic exactly that I can't get but that's oh, really always the draw for me when you think about it, if you get some real design lines that are amazing and you mm-hmm. you know which ones you're attracted to, you don't have to pay $2,000 to wear something. You, you can remake something from a pattern that you has can. those details and you can change it just fractionally, make a top into a dress or a dress into a top and you get some incredible lines that you feel really fabulous in, which is worth it, isn't it? For the price. It is. It really is. Which era? I like the 80s. That's just a given. I just have to tell you, 80s and 90s, maybe 2000s. They were the, the 80s were the ones that just, I think, Vogue came alive. Which patterns in which era did you find, oh, I'm really attracted to that, and for what reason? As, as far as, like, vintage patterns go, I probably like the 70s, um, mm. the late 70s look, that Studio 54 mm. look. Yes. I love that era. I just, I I have a fond memory of saying my mom, um, that was literally her era when she like shined (laughs) and just seeing her dress um, in that era with like the wrap dresses and um, the coats and everything. And so I just, it just really reminds me of that. Like the suits, the suits were so sharply tailored. Did she wear a lot of satin, like shiny fabrics? She did wore yeah. a lot of things like that and like the um the sequin berets and oh. things of, like that. So I, I remember seeing her dress like that. Whoa. Well, she's influenced you in a big way, hasn't she? It really did. Yeah. You can't get that vibe from the clothes that are in the shops. You, you know, can't. You can't. It's, it's a bespoke feeling that I think that's why there's so much waste. I was just thinking about it the other day and um, people are purchasing things, wanting the vibe, but they aren't tweaking it to suit what they really, who they really are. So yes. there's nothing wrong with what they're making. It's just that they haven't added the, the details. Like when you do your jackets, you're doing the detail that, you know, you feel fabulous if you've got the, the insides mm-hmm. with all those correct layers and the padding and the interfacing. You feel good in a coat when you go out because you know it's done to the way you like it. Right. Regardless. So that is um, knowing who you are saves you a lot of money in the long run. It does. And seeing your mum, that's your that's the footprint in the wet cement, isn't it? You it saw really it. Is. Yeah, you captured it and you're like not replicating it, 
but putting that into into the pot with your your style recipe mm-hmm. so it's right. part of who you are and people are attracted to your the way you sew and the way you look because you do everything to 120 percent it's not a slapdash mm-hmm. job no. so those kind of people who need that classic look they can still use that information on other jackets that they have but it's good that right. they can have the pattern to see how you've done it instead of just getting right. the information so actually, I'm very impressed with how you've worked out how to do the teaching. It's, it's really important. It's not just, well, you just sew it this way. You've really given people a great path. So you're very, very impressed with that. Very impressed. Yeah, and, and, that's the, and that's the thing. I always wanted people to learn techniques that they can carry on to the next project. Hmm. Yeah, and look, I found that um, when I've had patterns that you've made and um, I've gone to have a look to see what you've done, you've actually come up with some really good alternatives that I've then used and I've, and I've benefited from that. So thank you so much for putting all that effort into A, your blog, and now with all your videos. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I suppose the only thing I haven't asked is which designer inspires you? Well, probably like right now, um, it changes often, but my favorite, mm-hmm. one of my favorite designers right now is actually Australian designer Rebecca Balance. I absolutely love her. Mm-hmm. She has that great cool girl aesthetic and um, with a little edginess going into like a classic garment. So I, I love, really like her. And um, I also like um, Veronica Beard. Um, she, another American designer with a very cool girl everyday mm-hmm aesthetic you know pieces you can wear every day like great jeans great jackets and um like you have like people that are cardigan wearers or denim jacket wearers i'm more of a blazer leather Mm -hmm. jacket kind of girl yeah yeah and um that's what i like to top with and uh so those are the designers that i really like i think you've nailed it you've nailed the look and you don't you never look the same so I really love looking at your Instagram pictures and you give the different side view, the back view, which I think is so helpful because, mm. you know, especially when it's a cutaway, people need to know. It's all very well to see that on a pattern envelope, but Erica, we all know there could be a, a peg at the back of one of those top. And so you're showing it as is after the fitting. And I think mm. that's really powerful for people to see that. Oh my gosh, you know, you go, that is more than what you get on a pattern. You really yeah, and, don't and get I purposely enough. try to do that. Um, try to give um, a 360 degree view because I, I hate when people show what they've sewn. And you know, and I, I you know I love to see editorial poses and everything. But you know, I want to see what it looks like all the way around. Yes. That's right. Well, even Vogue magazine, yes, they look fabulous in those photos. But what does that dress look like? You know, mm, when you're right. standing with a background, I want to know. I want to know what's going on. The turnaround yeah. because. A very beautiful photo is very beautiful, but it's not very helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I need to see people like in a natural pose, you know, not yeah. necessarily just like standing, you know, stark straight yeah. or whatever, like move, like what does your natural posture look like? You know, what is, how does it hang when you're just like, maybe like in a walking position? Yes, mm. yes. So well noted and I really do appreciate that. And as soon as I saw those other poses, it's well worth it. It's You want to know how it sits at the back. And the other thing is because you've got close-fitting clothes, we know what your body is. So we can Mm -hmm. see what it is and we can then assess, well, how would that look on my body? Because it's a a lot easier to work it all out. So 
thank you so mm -hmm. much for taking the trouble to do all the poses because mm -hmm. that's that's the powerful part yeah everyone learns from that so thank you again for all of your time today and for oh you're welcome agreeing to be on this podcast hopefully we've done justice to all the work that you've put in over the years and all the learning that you've given people over the time that you've been doing all your work well thank you it's been fun having a chat with you erica face to face yes it has been fun yeah it i've enjoyed everything. it <laughs> All the very best for your big announcement. I am so excited. So am I. I am too. Yeah. Great job. Great. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, thank you. And thanks again for being on our podcast. Yeah, we really appreciate it. We do. Well, thanks for inviting me. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. You've now heard who Erica Bunker's style influences are and how her mother gave her a great appreciation of styles from the 70s era. We're looking forward to seeing Erica's future red coat now that it's coat making season for our Northern Hemisphere listeners. I know you'll be keeping an eye out for good stretch crepes as you fabric shop. I know I have been. Go to ericabunker.com to keep up with Erica's latest makes and follow her on Instagram. This episode of Sew Organised Style Podcast is produced by me, Maria Theoharis, and Anne Wally, the Pattern Whisperer. Sound by bensound.com. Sew Organised Style, spelt with an S, not a Z, is available on our website, seworganisedstyle.com, with all the links to this podcast that Erica has so graciously allowed us to record. You can also find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify and CastBox. Subscribe to our podcast to listen to our earlier podcasts and tell your friends about our podcast channel. Thanks again for joining us.